Okay, so let's get into the first story. Oprah Winfrey, fair use. Our talk radio live in 4K. Oprah Winfrey's reputation has taken a hit due to her close friendships with numerous high-profile rapists and pedophiles. But she's about to lose a whole lot more, according to investigators, who revealed that the billionaire media tycoon is about to be thrown under the bus and prosecuted on child trafficking charges. Oprah isn't the only member of the global VIP elite facing charges. A whole host of household names, including Bill Gates, mainstream media figures, and members of the US House and Senate are currently sweating as the walls close in on them. Before we dive in... Just one second. According to investigators, Oprah Winfrey has been hiding in plain sight for decades conspiring with some of the most world's most notorious paedophiles and sex traffickers, and taking every opportunity to legitimize child sexual abuse in public forums. So this is what so many people don't understand. A big part of the confusion and shame for child victims is that the attention and the seduction from the predator, who is probably gonna be somebody you know. Right. In order for it to work, it has to be somebody you know, somebody you admire, somebody you respect, or maybe even love. And it feels good. I mean, if you're seven years old and somebody, which I was trying to say this to. This woman is crazy. This ain't no AI. This is Oprah saying this nonsense. She's crazy. And she, the things which she suffered as a child, and she, you know, bottled that in. That stuff screwed her up. That is the only way that a person like Oprah could act the way she does and say the things that she says. To my friends who had children, you're seven years old and someone is stroking your penis. It feels good. Right. Even though you don't have a name for what that is. What the heck? <sighs> wow. It feels good. And when I first said this years ago, people were like, you're crazy because everybody wants to believe it's like sexual assault and you're being thrown up against the wall and you're being raped. And I have said for years, if the abuser is any good, it you won't even know it's happened. Wow. Wow. This this is horrible. Horrible. Well, you're going to it gets worse. It gets worse. You will be in it and you won't even know it's happened. And if the abuser is any good, he or she is going to make you feel like you're a part of it. According to mainstream media, Oprah's laundry list. White woman was nodding her, her head too in the audience. What? I mean, hearing that, and if I was in the audience, I would have walked out. I would have walked out. I'm like, I'm not hearing this. I know this is not what I paid a ticket to see. List of pedophile connections is just an unfortunate coincidence. It's like the extensive list of Clinton associates who stopped dead in bizarre circumstances, often committing suicide by putting two bullet holes in the back of their own heads. One coincidence after another, 
for decades and decades. After Oprah's close friend Jerry Harris was sentenced to 12 years in prison on child sex crimes in July, the media fact-checked anybody who dared to point out that he was Oprah's protege. This was information they didn't want to get out. But in reality, Harris was the star of Oprah's Netflix show, Cheer, and she personally groomed him for the role. Then, like many of her other friends, Harris was exposed as a child rapist after he was caught using his position to lure underage children. But Jerry Harris is just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to Oprah and her paedophile connections. You might have heard of John of God, who will spend the rest of his life behind bars after being found guilty of a sickening array of paedophilia, trafficking and rape charges. Oprah featured him on a talk show in 2012 after traveling all the way to Brazil to interview him. According to Oprah, the man who would later be found guilty of the most hideous crimes was an inspiring figure. That's right, even Oprah's spiritual advisor has been sentenced to prison on sickening child sex charges. For some reason, Oprah didn't tell her audience that John of God was literally farming babies through the sex slavery of very young girls and selling infants around the world to the highest bidders. This is not a conspiracy theory, this is a conspiracy fact. Young girls were held captive in remote farms where Oprah's inspirational friend would impregnate them and murder them after 10 years of giving birth. These babies were then sold to elite VIPs around the world. This was a huge global child trafficking operation involving elite VIPs that's been systematically swept under the carpet by the mainstream media. Why would they circle the wagons around such an evil figure? Because the mainstream media is bought and paid for by the global elites, who are essentially buying them off to keep quiet about the skeletons in their closets. John of God is connected to Bill Clinton, Naomi Campbell and Marina Abramovich, who filmed a documentary at his compound in Brazil in 2016. With friends like that, the mainstream media were always going to give him a free pass. But the story gets even darker. The woman who originally blew the whistle and exposed the child trafficking operation, Sabrina Bittencourt, was found dead after John of God was arrested. The authorities quickly ruled it was a suicide. But her son was quoted on social media as saying, they killed my mother. Oprah sure keeps good company. She also runs her own school for young girls in Africa a $40 million school for disadvantaged girls, where in 2007, several girls were sexually abused and parents were only allowed to see their children once a month. Which raises the question, what is this billionaire's endgame? What is her overarching agenda? We've got the receipts and they all point to a very disturbing outcome. But first, an important word from our sponsor. is that Oprah has a sick agenda. Rose McGowan came the closest to hinting at the full truth when she said Oprah is about supporting a sick power structure and tossed in the hashtag lizard for good measure. British singer Seal, who's also known Oprah for decades, blasted America for falling for the talk show host's hypocritical persona, describing Oprah as having been part of the problem for decades. Seal posted two pictures, one of Oprah sucking Harvey Weinstein's ear and the other showing Oprah offering Weinstein some fresh meat in the form of a very young Rita Ora. And don't forget about British actress Cadian Noble, who minced exactly zero words when she said, 
Oprah pimped me like a whore to Hollywood serial rapist Harvey Weinstein. Noble claims that when she first met Weinstein at an event in London, she was impressed because he was partying with model Naomi Campbell, the supermodel whose house is shaped like the Eye of Horus, and he had Oprah swinging off his arm. The only unusual thing about the night, described by Katie and Noble, is that the females Oprah was procuring were above the age of consent. There is talk of a high-level cover-up with a Hollywood entertainment lawyer revealing that the bombshell Michael Jackson documentary Leaving Neverland was funded by Oprah and Harvey Weinstein. According to a lawyer who goes by the name NT, the plot to resurface debunked claims about Michael Jackson is all part of a ploy by a group of Hollywood elites to distract attention away from the real perpetrators of child abuse. Some people think that, you know, Oh, you know, this is not this is this is not real. Well, we'll we're gonna check something out right here. Here it is. At Oprah Winfrey uh, Leadership Academy for Girls. She was arrested yesterday for several charges, including uh, assault, indecent assault, uh, as well as uh, soliciting girls under the age to commit indecent assault. And uh, she's now at the Ferenheim police cells. Matole Machaka for that. Thank you. I think the school has been open because they handed us a report of what was happening there and they um, uh, asked us to investigate what was happening there. And uh, on our investigation, we arrested a woman who is, uh, who is a former employee. I think they have been open to, to make sure that all the criminal acts that have been taking, that have been taken place in the school have been investigated. Associated Press covered this. <clears throat> Alexa, was Oprah arrested in Switzerland? From Asia1.com. Arrested in Zurich on Wednesday. Getting got her all my life. I had to fight it. There's all the information there. All right. People want to try and say it's misinformation. No, it's not. This woman was, um, spiritual leader was a an abuser of children and a child trafficker. All right. 
And many, it's sad to say you have many African-Americans that love her in spite of when you see the facts. Which again is very, uh, um, it's very telling. All right. That they have a lot of African-Americans who are indoctrinated with her. That if you tell them the truth, especially if you're an African-American, they will look at you as the enemy. They have many, many um, puppets within white supremacy. Let's talk about Netanyahu now. Netanyahu, Israel must be governed, must govern the entire Middle East. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu declared on Thursday that Israel plans to control the entire Palestine from the river to the sea and told the rest of the world to get out the way. Wow. This is what This Close TV says, Netanyahu, in the future, the state of Israel has to control the entire, air, entire area from river to the sea. This is what he has to say. For 30 years, I am very consistent, and I'm saying something very simple. This conflict is not on the lack of a state of Palestinian, but the existence of a state, the Jewish state. Every area that we evacuate, we receive terrible terror against that. It happened in South Lebanon, in Gaza, and also Judea and Samaria, which we did it. And therefore, I clarify that in other arrangement, any other arrangement, in the future, the state of Israel have to control on the entire area from the river to the uh, sea. This is what happens when you have sovereignty. This truth I say to our American friends, and I also stopped the attempt to impose on us a reality that will jeopardize us. A prime minister in Israel has to be able to say no, even to the best of friends, to say no when you need to. And to This conflict is not about the lack of a state of Palestinians, but the existence of a Jewish state, Netanyahu said. Every area we evacuate, we receive, we receive terrible terror. And therefore, I clarify that in any arrangement in the future, the state of Israel has to control the entire area from the river to the sea. You see where this madman is going now? But that was a, that's what it was all about. He wants to make it, the Middle East a Jewish empire on the bodies of those who are non-Jew. Informationliberation.com reports Zionist activ activists have repeatedly claimed that the phrase from the river to the sea is a call for genocide when pro-Palestinian activists say it. This is what happens when you have, <clears throat> when you have sovereignty, he continued. I say to my American friends, stop trying to impose on us a reality that will jeopardize us. A prime minister of Israel has to be able to say no, even to the best of friends. The U.S. must fund Israel's genocidal ethnic cleansing campaign and take in Gaza's refugees. We can have no say in anything Israel does. This is our special relationship. You see what's going on here? The United States must be at the beck and call of Israel. They're saying, whoever we kick out of the Middle East, you could you take them. But you don't tell us what to do. 
And it's sad that this is how it is. And if the United States dares the government, which they won't, but if they dare to stand up and say, Netanyahu, you out of control, no. He has his minions in the United States government that will make sure it will happen. Whatever he whatever he says will go. Okay. Many of you people who are pro-Israel need to wake up. You need to wake up. Okay. But what about the Palestinians? How they mistreating blacks? Yes, yes, the Palestinian Arabs do treat mistreat blacks, and so do the Israelis. The Israeli government, the white Jews are very racist towards their black Jewish counterparts. And if this is how it's happening now, imagine when, I'm saying it now. Imagine when those Noahide laws get into um, get to be carried out. When those Noahide laws get to be carried out, it's going to be a problem. It's going to be a serious problem. All right. Let's get into this story right here about uh, Hillary Clinton being uh, named a person of interest now. In the Epstein, uh, Epstein list. Twice-failed presidential candidate Hillary Clinton has been named as a person of interest in a child sex trafficking investigation, according to FBI sources, who allege her crimes have been well known inside the bureau for years. While former President Bill Clinton is facing unwanted media attention due to revelations in newly released court documents about his close friendship with convicted pedophile Jeffrey Epstein, it's actually Hillary Clinton who's closer to facing justice, according to the FBI, before properly and held the powerful to account. Take Fox News, for example. Before the network was completely co-opted by the globalist establishment, Fox used to report straight news. In 2018, they even dared to mention that Hillary Clinton and the Clinton Foundation were under investigation for crimes against children. This has since been completely covered up by the entire mainstream media. And anybody who dares to mention it gets called a crazy conspiracy theorist. They also owe Haiti, the people of Haiti, millions of dollars, millions of dollars they owe Haiti for that humanitarian scam they pulled in Haiti years ago. Then it was revealed by NBC News of all places that Secretary of State Hillary Clinton shut down an investigation into a leaked pedophile ring at the State Department after her colleagues were revealed to be soliciting sex from underage minors. Some serious allegations this morning facing the State Department. That's right. According to internal State Department memos, the agency might have called off or intervened an investigation into possibly illegal and inappropriate behavior within its ranks, allegedly to protect jobs and avoid scandals. This concerns the time that Hillary Clinton was Secretary of State. We want to get right to NBC's Chief White House Correspondent Chuck Todd with the latest. Chuck, good morning to you. Good morning, Savannah. You know, there's an old saying in Washington that the cover-up is worse than the crime. But in this case, both parts of it are disturbing. Allegations of prostitution and pedophilia and allegations that those crimes were somehow covered up or not looked into. So the State Department this morning is having to respond to those claims and those investigations uh, of misconduct by State Department officials, including by an ambassador and security agents attached to then-Secretary of State Hillary Clinton. And the allegations are that these investigations were whitewashed, quashed altogether, and that those orders came from high up. NBC News has obtained documents related to ongoing investigations into some disturbing allegations involving State Department personnel and at least one ambassador. 
A State Department memo says the ambassador, quote, routinely ditched his protective security detail in order to solicit sexual favors from both prostitutes and minor children. The memo also says a top State Department official directed department investigators to, quote, cease the investigation. The mainstream media and social media, including YouTube, have banned this news report from being posted. Why? Because where there's smoke, there's fire. And it's worth remembering that Hillary Clinton just so happened to have a campaign manager, John Podesta, whose emails contained FBI-acknowledged paedophile code words, and an assistant, Huma Abedin, whose husband was locked up for child sex crimes. What are the odds? I almost forgot to mention that Hillary also has a husband who was best friends with America's most notorious paedophile, who flew around the world with him on the Lolita Express dozens of times and ditched his security detail at least five times while visiting Epstein's notorious paedophile island. Seriously, what are the odds? Uh, Bill Clinton. Uh, got a lot of problems coming up, in my opinion, with the famous island with Jeffrey Epstein. A lot of problems. Bill isn't... Trump also got a lot of problems with that 13-year-old minor. And also people need to talk about John Casablancas. Very fond of John Casablancas. The only person of interest in the Clinton household. Hillary will be the first to go down, according to sources, because her crimes are the most egregious and depraved. We are talking sick, depraved, satanic occult rituals from the darkest recesses of hell. The woman who surrounded herself with paedophiles during her rise to the top is about to be brought down to earth. Hillary's crimes have long been covered up by the mainstream media and fact checkers. But the tidal wave of truth on platforms and social media companies You've no doubt heard talk of the dark web as a hotbed of criminal activity, and it is. You can buy credit card numbers, narcotics, guns, counterfeit money, stolen subscription credentials, and software that helps you break into other people's computers. You can hire hackers to attack computers for you. You can hire assassins. But nothing on the dark web compares to the sheer evil of leaked videos featuring child sex crimes. In 2018, reports emerged that a video was circulating that featured former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton and her aide Huma Aberdeen sexually assaulting a child. While that is shocking enough, viewers reported that the video also revealed the two women filleting a child's face, wearing it like a mask, and then drinking her blood as part of a satanic ritual to ingest adrenochrome. When we broke this story in 2018, people weren't ready for the truth. But now, in 2024, after everything we've been through at the hands of the elites and all of the revelations that have been made public, people are starting to accept that the global elite are part of a dark satanic cult. We have all the evidence we need to prove that they engage in ancient and depraved rituals involving children's sex and blood. This is going to be some interesting times, man. Interesting times. But the sad thing is people think it's just uh, it's just the Democrats. No, it's the Republicans too. I keep telling you, Trump is not your friend. Trump is not your friend. All right. People are gonna look at him as a savior. It's just gonna just blow up in your face. All right. So let's go into uh, let's talk about um, South Africa now is suing Israel. And why are they doing that?
Fair use, by the way. Diplomatic summit or a high-stakes phone call or sometimes an actual battlefield. But what about a courthouse? That's what South Africa is doing. They have filed a lawsuit against Israel. Let's answer some quick questions first. Where has this case been filed? At the ICJ, the International Court of Justice. It's like the United Nations Court. What does the lawsuit say? That Israel is committing genocide against Palestinians. That is the case. Is there a law about that? Yes, there is. The 1948 Genocide Convention. Any act that tries to destroy a religious or racial group is genocide. But has Israel signed this convention? Again, yes, it has. And when does the case begin? The first hearing is this month, on January 11th and 12th. And finally, the most important question. Will it force Israel to end the war? I guess you know the answer already. It will not. Only 50% of the ICJ rulings result in compliance. In high-stakes cases, it's much lower, like the Russia-Ukraine war. The ICJ asked Russia to stop the attacks on Ukraine. Moscow hasn't. In 2018, it asked the U.S. to lift some sanctions on Iran. Again, Washington did not. So do not expect a ruling to change anything. Having said that, Israel did drop a surprise. Usually, they ignore such lawsuits. They don't even bother turning up to fight them. But this time, Israel is game. The State of Israel will appear before the International Court of Justice at The Hague to dispel South Africa's absurd blood libel. We have no doubt that after the Jewish state brings to justice the perpetrators of the bloodiest massacre of Jews since the Holocaust, history will judge South Africa for abetting the modern heirs of the Nazis. So Israel will fight it. But frankly, it's a risky decision. If you boycott the case and lose, no one cares. But if you fight and lose, people will care. It could leave Israel red-faced. Most of the Muslim nations have supported this lawsuit, but the U.S. says it is without merit. We, we can expect a provisional ruling in a matter of weeks or months, but a final verdict could take years. That's the legal side of it. Now let's look at the politics. Why did South Africa, of all countries, file this case? Why not a West Asian country, or a Muslim country, or an Arab country? South Africa is none of these. So why sue Israel? There are three major reasons. One is common history. South Africa suffered under colonialism. Later on, black South Africans were treated as second-class citizens, that too in their own land. Does it sound familiar? To most Palestinians, it does. They say Israel has been doing the same to them. This shared history led to warm relations with South Africa. Anti-apartheid activists were, were close to Palestinian leaders. These two, especially. Nelson Mandela and Yasser Arafat. They met multiple times. They also shared a similar vision. Listen to what Mandela said back in, the back in 1990. We identify with the PLO because just like ourselves, they are fighting for the right of self-determination. And the sentiment is mutual. If you go to Ramallah in the West Bank, you will find Mandela Square. At the center is a statue of Nelson Mandela. 
The same ideology still rules both sides. Mandela's party is in power in South Africa. Arafat's PLO still controls the West Bank, hence the warmth. That's reason number one. Reason number two why South Africa decided to do this is a shared suspicion of the West. South Africa's apartheid regime was backed by the US and the UK, if not directly, then tacitly. They kept vetoing UN sanctions on South Africa. Again, does it sound familiar? It should, because the West is now doing the same with Israel. Many South Africans see Israel as a Western construct, a Western puppet in West Asia. So they sympathize with Palestine. And finally, reason number three why South Africa filed this case against Israel, pure politics. There are some 22 Arab countries in the world, including a couple in Northern Africa. But Israel is just one country. If you want loans or investments, Arab countries are a better bet. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that principles are not involved here. I'm saying it's not just about principles. Because the same South Africa has also ignored international courts. Like in 2015, when Sudanese dictator Omar al-Bashir visited the country, Bashir had an international criminal court warrant. But South Africa did not arrest him. Same in 2023. South Africa hosted... So as you can see, you know, with the U.S., they're compliant with the downfall of blacks. Okay? All over the world. And now that this pushed blacks to find allies with Palestine because they see the same type of treatment um, they have faced with Israel and with the European nations in the West, like America. Hopefully, I'll, hopefully they'll win this case. Hopefully they'll win this case against Israel. Hopefully, it will have a good outcome. That's all really that can be said. Because you have a lot of people that will sell out to Israel. Okay. What is very uh, something that is of concern that we have a lot of assassination attempts, presidential figures. Okay. And I would say I am concerned for the safety of uh, Trump. Let me read this Hill article right here. Okay. Assassination attempts are on the rise worldwide. Is the U.S. next? Barely one day passed in 2024 before another reminder was issued of one of the most serious developments in national security and terrorism, the increasing prevalence of political assassinations around the world. In South Korea, Lee Jae-myung, leader of the Democratic Party of Korea, was stabbed in the neck on January 2nd by an assailant seemingly motivated by a corruption scandal surrounding Lee. The leader survived the attack. The attempt was just the latest in a long and growing line of assassination attempts against political leaders. In August of 2023, Ecuadorian president candidate Fernando Vivasillo was assassinated in 
Chiquito by Colombian hitmen. In September of the previous year, a man sporting Nazi tattoos attempted to assassinate Argentine Vice President Cristina Fernandez de Kirchner only for his only for his gun to jam. That June, Japanese Prime Minister Shizu Abe was killed by a lone gunman with a homemade firearm, apparently for the leader's ties with the Unification Church. The United States has avoided a successful high-profile assassination during the recent escalation in domestic political violence, but not for the lack of trying. In 2022 alone, serious plots targeted Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi and conservative Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh. In both cases, the would-be assassins made it all the way to their target's home. Of note, these incidents underscore the assassination threats are not reserved by only one political ideology. They are weaponized by extremists of all stripes. Public service in the United States today often features a deluge of threats as an occupational hazard. Unfortunately, it is difficult to diagnose the cause of this apparent rise in assassination attempts targeting various nations. In the United States, to be sure, norms of civility have frayed, driven in no small part by a former president who seems to delight in threatening violence against his political opponents. In September of 2022, after Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell worked with Democrats to pass bipartisan legislation, Trump, Donald Trump posted on Truth Social that his former congressional ally has a death wish. More recently, Trump fumed over former chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, Mark Milley's, Mark Milley's conversation with representative of the Chinese government after January 6th rise, adding, this is an act so egregious that in times gone by, the punishment would have been death. Such language dehumanizes political rivals and may in turn demystify the act of killing them. Other explanations include the rising prevalence of conspiracy theories targeting politicians. In my new book authored God, Guns, and Sedition, we explore the rise in assassination threats surrounding both the COVID pandemic and 2020 presidential election, finding that both move both moments galvanized conspiracy theories that place Democratic and even centrist Republican politicians in the crosshairs. Indeed, the gallows erected outside the U.S. Capitol on January 6, 2021, combined with the crowd's promise to hang Mike Pence, was evidence of this rising trend. An even more concerning explanation might be simply a question of pres presidents. Recent trends in terrorist tactics and targeting, such as the ISIS-inspired van ramming that struck cities such as NICE, and New York, and that far-right lone actors who open fire in places of worship have proven once again, okay, sorry about that, <clears throat> have proven once again that terrorists learn from one another. In other words, the pioneers who claimed the lives of Shinzo Abe and Fernando Velazzini might have ultimately been inspired others to follow in their footsteps. With this dark possibility in mind, politicians must be prepared to spend great resources on their protection. According to the Washington Post, candidates running for House and Senate offices increased campaign spending on security by more than 500% between the 2020 election and 22 mid 2022 midterms. But there is also an optimistic possibility assassinations are typically chosen by um, accelerationist extremists were particularly desperate to change the course of history and should also therefore be interpreted precisely as a reflection of the strength of liberal democratic order. The most critical counterterrorism measure then is to continue reinforcing democratic institutions, including free elections and free and the free press that isolate extremism to the fringes of society.
Yeah, unfortunately, you know, voting is it's just the illusion of choice. Okay. We don't really live in, you know, the land of the free. That's just something that is, you know, a hard pill for people to swallow. They call you conspiracy theorists, but yeah, it's it's the truth. What are you gonna say? So let's talk about Nikki Haley. Let's get into that right now. Party. No, we're we're not a racist country, Brian. I was a brown girl in a black and white world. We face discrimination and hardship. We've never been a racist country. Dad and I stopped by the local produce market. As he was putting his produce... Yeah, she said America was never a racist uh, nation. Sounds like Tim Scott, but in a different body. In his basket, I noticed something start to happen. The couple working at the market was getting nervous. They were whispering. And then they got on the phone. A few minutes later, two uniformed police officers showed up. And take it from me, the first minority female governor in history, America is not a racist country. At Thanksgiving, someone had the bright idea to give me the role of Pocahontas in the school play. Did they realize I wasn't that kind of Indian? America is not a racist country. We were the only Indian family in our small southern town. I was teased every day for being brown. I was disqualified from a beauty pageant because I wasn't white or black. Well, that sounds kind of racist to me. Kind of racist. But hey, I mean, if you want to get into the Democrat, you know, to the Republican Party, I mean, one, one white supremacist plantation to another white supremacist plantation, you have to toe the line. You have to say what middle America, white middle middle America wants to hear to feel comfortable that you are under their foot. Okay. That's what you have to say. You have to lower yourself. Okay. You have to lower yourself to a point of you are their slave because that's really what they want. Okay. Both sides want you to be slaves, okay? They want that. That's what they're itching for. And If you dare to actually believe the lie that we're all Americans and you want to stand on that, they will punish you for that. You meant, you can mention equality in public when it comes down to the game. No, you are the slave. But let's uh, find out more about uh, Miss Haley. Here we go. Fair use. From the Daily Mail alleges former governor and current GOP hopeful Nikki Haley had affairs with her communications consultant and a married lobbyist prior to becoming the Palmetto State's chief executive. Two eyewitnesses, Will Folks and Larry Merchant, signed affidavits in 2010 alleging they had a sexual relationship with Haley before she went on to become governor. Haley has previously denied the affairs, though GOP insiders in South Carolina allege the affairs were, quote, brazen and widely known. So, Jessica, this, um, as as mentioned in, in the opener, were considered open secrets in South Carolina that Nikki Haley had been philandering around the state with 
members of her of her party um, before becoming governor. And I've even heard allegations that it continued while she was governor. Now, her husband uh, is in the military and is deployed on occasion, which would give her opportunity. Of course, legally, you have to be careful about what you say. She has denied the affairs. But this Daily Mail report apparently has access to these 2010 sworn affidavits that were previously um, not available to the public. And in addition, they talked to people from South Carolina who claimed that this was basically uh, done quite brazenly. Uh, This is a quote from the Daily Mail article. Multiple GOP insiders told DailyMail.com that they were intimately aware of Haley's infidelity as a South Carolina lawmaker, including tales of steamy liaisons in the back of her Cadillac SUV, canoodling in her lover's laps at bars and nights spent together in a Columbia, South Carolina duplex. Um, The 2010 affidavits, um, including the one from folks, say that he engaged in an inappropriate physical relationship that included numerous instances of inappropriate sexual conduct, says he first kissed Haley in a car in early 2007 and that they had regular trysts in her apartment in downtown Columbia. And the allegations go on, but this is also not the first time that we have heard about allegations that she has been unfaithful to her husband. Pedro Gonzalez reported, I think over a year ago, um, that she had allegedly been having an affair with Corey Lewandowski, who, or sorry, I'm thinking of Christine Ohm. Um, That is not Nikki Haley. But uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, I digress. Christine Ohm was accused of having a, an affair with uh, Corey Lewandowski, who was one of her top advisors. But these South Carolina trysts are apparently, again, an open secret. And I just am kind of baffled that it took this long for them to really be reported publicly. Previously, these affidavits were only covered in very specific local media outlets in South Carolina. I don't know if the media was concerned about being sued or maybe Boeing just had their missiles trained on any opposition researcher in politics um, over the past two decades. So this is basically, um, (laughs) wow, man, this is, uh, it's sad. I mean, they have the, the, these are sworn witnesses. All right. And it's really making her look bad in the eyes of the public. So you're a Middle Eastern woman that would sell out your own identity. All right. To the point, not only will you deny history to appease people who probably don't even see you as human, and now you are looked upon as a woman who can't be faithful to her spot to her spouse to her husband and they're going to pull this trope if you can't be faithful to your husband how can you be faithful to the political party or the ideals of the political party and we all know that both sides democrat and republican they both cheat on their wives all right and you and you have um republican uh, wives and Democrat wives who cheat on their husbands. Okay, Marjorie Taylor Greene um, is an example of that.
it is sad to say <clears throat> that this is the route that they are going, but this is politics. And if you're doing things, you know, that you shouldn't be doing, it's, it's, it's going to haunt you. It's going to come back to haunt you, especially if it's documented, you have sworn witnesses. That's the thing. All right. So now we're going to look into um, we're going to look into uh, Miss Fanny Willis now. Whew. And might as well put both of them in here. Fanny Willis is uh, it's brutal. Here we go. Fair use, fair use. This morning, Fulton County District Attorney Fonnie Willis. The hard-headed, flawed, imperfect servant before you. At a Sunday church service in Atlanta, speaking publicly for the first time. Flawed. Well, I mean, yeah. But the point of the matter is, is, and you see a lot of this with, with women who are in... Um, Let's just say, how do I put this? Women who are in charge, some of them be picking be picking dudes that are beneath them and trying to elevate them to a status that they're not qualified for. And it just makes you look even worse. All right. And sad to say, you're having a lot of black women getting busted in these types of situations. <coughs> All right. You have a uh, Lonnie Love. And she's with a man who does not make as much as she as she does. All right. Granted, it's not the same situation as Fanny Willis, but it's the same uneven balance is there that, you know. And it makes her look bad. What I could say is <clears throat> the similarity is the situations that they're in makes them look bad. Let's keep going because there's uh, there's an article I'm about to read. It's really bad, extremely bad. Since a court filing accused her of being romantically linked to a lawyer she hired to lead the election interference case against former President Trump and 18 others. She pushed back on the criticism over her appointment of Nathan Wade, one of three special counsels on the case. I appointed three special counselors, is my right to do, paid them all the same hourly rate. They only attacked one. Willis did not mention Wade by name nor deny an alleged affair, but claimed race is behind the scrutiny of Wade's appointment and that $650,000 in legal fees Wade has been paid so far is legitimate, despite critics who say both have allegedly benefited from the cash by taking lavish vacations together. In a statement, an attorney who represents Trump co-defendant Michael Roman denied race playing a role, writing, if anybody doubts our claim that Nathan Wade is inexperienced, ask him how many RICO cases he has handled, ask him how many felonies he has tried. 
Right. The role you saw the Fanny, Fanny Willis. You saw that deal? At a campaign appearance Sunday in Iowa, Trump suggested Willis's alleged relationship as a conflict of interest disqualifying the case. But Willis claims Trump and others have attacked her for being a black woman in power. First thing they say, oh, she gonna play the race card now. But no, God, isn't it them who's playing the race card when they only question one? Legal filings from both sides will now have to be considered by the judge trying the Trump election interference case in Georgia and whether Willis's alleged relationship with her special counsel appointee compromises the case. All right, so let's uh, get into the article right now. All right, so Fannie Willis and Trump special prosecutor traveled together during alleged affair bank records show. Yeah, they were pretty much very sloppy. Okay, here are the key facts. The filing from Jocelyn Wade, wife of Special Prosecutor Nathan Wade, said copies of credit card statements turned over by Nathan Wade show he purchased plane tickets for himself and Miss Willis. Jocelyn Wade made the filing Friday in opposition to the motion filed by Willis the day before um, requesting a protective order from the court that would allow her not to be disposed in Wade's divorce case. The new filing argues that there appears to be no, re no reasonable explanation for their travels apart from a romantic relationship. Jocelyn Wade's legal team is trying to depose Willis, arguing she clearly has information relevant to her divorce case. As president in Georgia says, alleged adultery is relevant in divorce proceedings if a equitable division of property is at issue. Okay. $817.80, that's how much Nathan Wade paid per ticket for him and Willis to travel to San Francisco on Delta in April of 2023. According to his Capital One bank account records, there were also charges of $477.21 for plane tickets to Miami in October of 2022, along with more than 2,600 worth of purchases from Royal Caribbean Cruises, according to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution though there were no names tied to the cruise purchases. In Willis' motion Thursday to protect her from being deposed, she argued Joycelyn Wade was obstructing and interfering with the Trump case and had conspired with interested parties to annoy, embarrass, and oppress her. She said she should have, she, she should have not have to testify in the divorce proceedings because the marriage is irrevitably broken with no hope of reconciliation and therefore no information she could provide would prove relevant to granting or denying the divorce. Willis was subpoenaed in Wade's divorce case last week after Michael Roman, a former Trump campaign official and one of the former president's 18 co-defendants in the election case, filed a motion that sought to disqualify Willis and Wade from the case, alleging she appointed him while the two had an improper clandestine personal relationship Roman's filing, which didn't provide direct evidence of the relationship and argued Willis and Wade 
violated conflict interest laws and mishandled public money through the alleged affair. Willis has not outright denied claims of inappropriate relationship with Wade, but defended him earlier this week Allegations against allegations he was unqualified to serve as a special prosecutor in the Trump case. Willis's officers prosecuting Trump and 18 others for racketeering and other charges, alleging Trump's months-long pressure campaign to overturn his 2020 election loss in Georgia was illegal. Yeah, man. She wasn't smart about this at all. Wasn't smart. But again, a lot of a lot of uh professional black women, uh, you probably have some white women doing the same thing, but you don't see them <clears throat> in the limelight like this. <clears throat> But a lot of black women who are high value and in positions like this, you do see them. How, how do I say this? Just picking people, low value men and putting them in high value positions and they're not qualified. And this happens. Plus the dudes, in a, you know, the dudes married, going through a divorce. <coughs> All right. Question will come up. Were you dating this dude while he was married? Makes her look even worse. <coughs> and that's that's basically it. <clears throat> that's all I got for now. So let me know what you think in the comments. Uh, what do you think about the stories? Let's have a conversation. Like, share, comment, subscribe later.